Early Risers is supported by Health Partners and Park Nicollet. From rashes, fevers, shots, and all other things that make you worry a lot, Health Partners has pediatric care for your kids. Visit healthpartners.com slash schedule. From Little Moments Count and Minnesota Public Radio, this is Early Risers, waking up to racial equity in early childhood. I'm your host, Diane Halsey. This podcast is about how to talk with very young children about race and racism and how to celebrate cultural differences. This is our first episode of season three. If you're new to the podcast, welcome. And for listeners who've been on this journey with me for the last two seasons, welcome back. This season, I really want to get into parenting experiences and what it's actually like for parents to talk with young children about issues of race and racism. With that in mind, today, I'm going to take you to George Floyd Square in Minneapolis. This is a sacred site where people from all over the world, including children, have gathered to mourn, protest, and heal. What's his name? George Floyd! What's his name? George Floyd! What do we want? Justice! What do we want? Justice! When do we want it? Now! When do we want it? Since George Floyd's murder, the intersection of 38th Street and Chicago Avenue in Minneapolis has become a creative gathering space. I remember visiting with my husband and two teen boys just days after George Floyd was killed. We went to mourn and to honor his life. This event affected me and many others in a very personal way, and I knew then that I wanted a better reality for my sons and for other Black and brown bodies. Today, the site is lovingly maintained by volunteers. There are colorful murals, art, flowers, and even stuffed animals that visitors have left as offerings. I visited about a month ago with my friend, Sheila Williams-Ridge. She co-directs a pre-K program at the University of Minnesota known as the Lab School. Sheila Williams-Ridge is an experienced early childhood educator and expert on nature-based learning. She's been a past guest on Early Risers. In May 2022, the world recognized the second anniversary of George Floyd's murder. And because of this, I wanted to have a conversation with Sheila about how parents and caregivers could prepare to bring a young child to a place like this. George Floyd Square is a memorial but it also tells a bigger story about racism, policing, and the struggle for racial justice in this country and around the world. All of this can be complicated and confusing for a young child. So how can we help children to make sense of this? Sheila and I met up at a little park a block away from George Floyd Square. Artists and volunteers created a memorial called the Say Their Names Cemetery here. It's a symbolic cemetery with over 100 grave markers honoring Black lives killed by law enforcement. Rows of white signs representing gravestones line a grassy field overlooking a small pond with turtles, ducks, and other wildlife. 
There are also flower sculptures poking out of the ground that say Black Lives Matter and the names of Black people killed by police. Sheila and I started our conversation here. So Sheila, one of the things I want to talk about is that in a place like this, people have come to mourn, they've come to heal. And so there's a lot of things that are, have just popped up um, in this community. And these flowers are one of them. And you actually may not know this, but my sister-in-law's sister, uh, after hearing about the murder of George Floyd, began to make these flowers. And then when my brother found out about it, he added the stems. And then they just came here one day and planted them. Now, this was probably almost two years ago, and they are still here today. So if we were to take children through here, how do we teach them what these are? These actually have the saying Black Lives Matter. They also have names of people written on them that have died or been murdered due to police brutality. So if you were to take a child here, how would you teach them to honor this space, but also to see how people have been able to be creative as they are trying to heal. Yeah, so I think that these flowers are a really wonderful way to engage children in the process of memory or memorializing things because young children don't have a very long, rich memory of what happened before. So giving them things that they can touch, that they can, you know, look at the flowers and they can notice, you know, like the life that's going on around them. I think it helps them kind of put something tangible in. And when they see like that, there are some things that are the same, right? Black Lives Matter is on every single one, but there are special names that really pull out an individual. And I think talking with young children about the individual people and what they contributed Mm. to the world is really important. I think this is a space that we want to think about with a lot of reverence, that we want to say, this is special. So when we come here, we're probably not going to, like, you know, run around too much. We're going to really be thoughtful about what we're doing. And so I think it's important before coming here Mm -hmm. to talk about what this place is a little bit. But also to give children time to be children, right? They're going to ask questions about, like, you know, who, who made these? Or, you know, what does it say? Because uh, they won't be able to read all of the words right. probably, but they'll be able to see that there's some similarity on all of them. But they will want to touch and feel, and they'll ask questions that sometimes adults find really hard, like, well, what happened to them? Yes. And then, you know, depending on the age of the child, you'll just want to prepare an answer. I think being prepared a little bit about what you mm-hmm. would say, um, but also being prepared for children to not want to know the answer, right? They just w- might want to know, like, can I make one of these at home? Mm-hmm. Can I take this yes. home with me is probably a very frequent question. Yeah. And, you know, we say, oh, this actually will stay here so that every time we visit and other people visit that they can think about these people and that we miss them, right? This is a place where we can come and say, We miss these people. We wish they were still here. We have to do better so that other good people can stay here, too. I love that. And I love the idea of taking this as an example and saying, these stay here, but we can go home and make one. Yeah. Just like that. We can go get the material and and make something like that at home. Mm -hmm. And because you're a nature expert, I want to ask you, these flowers are planted next to this beautiful pond, and Mm -hmm. we were seeing ducks here earlier. Can you talk a little bit about the importance of that, the importance of this being next to such beautiful nature? Absolutely. I mean, I think this is just like a little jewel in the middle of 
this neighborhood, right? And it's so small, and animals have made a really nice home here. There are some turtles down uh, in the oh, reeds right now. <laughs> yeah, I've been seeing the little turtle bubbles nice. under the water, but there's a turtle that you can see just behind uh, the cattails. Oh, okay. And, um, and so, you know, sometimes things don't seem ideal. But we can adjust, we can be resilient, and we can make, you know, wonderful places. So also nature has a lot of power to heal. And so having the symbol of flowers, you know, with this art, but also like real things that are blooming behind, I think just infuses a, a feeling of hope for people that it can get better. That even though, you know, in Minnesota there's a long winter, like spring will come and things will get better. And there will be other winters and there will be times where things are hard and there will be storms but we can be resilient and we can get through those things. Yes, I love that, yes. Pointing towards the hope. Yeah. Good. I'm Diane Halsey, and you're listening to Early Risers, waking up to racial equity in early childhood. Today, I'm visiting George Floyd Square with early childhood educator Sheila Williams-Ridge. We met up at the Say Their Names Cemetery, a block away from where George Floyd was killed. It's a symbolic cemetery that honors the memory of Black lives killed by law enforcement. We're talking about how parents and caregivers can prepare to bring young children to a place like this. For a lot of young children, they've never been to a cemetery. So when they look at this, they actually don't think that, right? They they just see a bunch of signs together because Mm -hmm, unless they mm -hmm. have been to a cemetery, they don't really have the context for what this this is. is. So they might just want to go run right out there um, and get engaged. But if they have been to a cemetery before, or if you've talked to them about cemeteries, or if, you know, sadly they've lost someone in their mm-hmm. in their own lives, that they have a deep understanding of this, I would prepare them even more yes. to come here. Mm-hmm. Um, to say, okay, we're going to go to a place, it's kind of like a cemetery, but not the same. We're remembering them, but the people aren't here. Um, but if you bring a young child here and you say... These are to look like headstones because something really, um, you know, bad happened to these people. They're going to be like, what happened here? Like, yes. they all think that all of that happened right, right here, here in this mm-hmm. space. Um, so you want to say, we, we put up some signs so that we don't forget people, mm-hmm. so that we can remember them. Um, so I would say to just have a, a good conversation about what you're going to see and that these are signs to tell you, like, that something special happened and that each one of these all by itself is really special. So we're going to go through, and I can tell you, I can try to answer questions that you might have. Um, I can tell you about each one of them. So I would come here ready to spend a lot of time with young children. And they may not be able to get through all of them, but I would want to tell them, like, every single one of these was a really special person. And so even if we can't do them all today, maybe we'll come back another time and read some more. And if we don't know something about the person, like I saw someone um, that was murdered the year that I was born in a place not far from where I was born. Um, But now I want to find out more about that person. And I think that that's a really meaningful way to kind of continue uh, that talk with young children. And I want to also mention that um, when people come to this space, it is a sacred space. And and People are often wondering, what is the protocol? Mm-hmm. And I just want to say, young children, this is a wide open space. Yes. So young children will come and they may want to just run mm-hmm. down there, mm-hmm. you know, and run through. And so what should we tell young children? Because yeah. they're, they're going to want to do that. Absolutely. I think here, I think in George Floyd Square, mm-hmm. thinking about that 
I would want to bring very small groups or individual yes. children. Right. Yes. So I wouldn't want to bring a whole class. Okay. Because um, one, you can't get to questions and you don't want children to leave not having their questions answered. Yes. Right. You want to mm-hmm. have time to explore mm-hmm. what it is they're processing about the space in the moment. So I would bring very small groups to a yes. space like mm-hmm. this. And then I would say, you know, because this is a really special place, we're remembering. We also want to try and think about the people and we're trying to feel better. We're trying to heal a little bit from something really bad that happened. So we're going to walk through kind of quietly and we're going to be really thoughtful. And if we see other people that are maybe sitting um, by one of these and thinking about someone special, we're going to try and be really quiet when we go by them Mm -hmm. so that we can do something else. And maybe we'll skip that one and come back to it later. And maybe that's someone, you know, that was special in their lives. Um, And then, you know, they'll want to talk about the flowers. They'll want to talk about all of the different things. So I think just giving lots of time is really important. So, Sheila, I like how you say that we are supposed to prepare. You should prepare what you're going to say before you get to this place. So as you're preparing, what are some of the words that you might think about uh, to use as you're talking about a space like this? Right. So I've talked with some friends who have very young children, and they have really said that preparing children to talk about, like, one, like, what you're going to see. So just telling children, like, we're going to go to a place where something, you know, really bad happened to mm-hmm. someone. We want to go and remember them. It's a really special place. So while we're there, you know, you'll stay with me, but you'll I'll let you have a chance to look at things, and I want you to ask questions when we go. So if there's something that you don't understand, you can ask me. You know, talking about, like, that someone died here, and it mm-hmm. was really sad, and it shouldn't have happened. And then they ask really hard questions that even we don't know the answer to. Is like, why would someone do that to someone else? Yeah, that's hard. And, and we don't know, yeah. right? Like, you know, they're like, were they, were they being really mean? And it's like, well, it was, it was more than mean, right? Yeah. Like, mean is when you, you know, do something that, that hurts someone. But this is something that is really drawn from a place that is deeper than, than mean. Um, yes. And so when someone calls you mean, I don't want you to think that they are saying, like, you are going to do these really bad things, but I want you to listen to people when they tell you how they feel. Because one of the most horrific things as a mother that happened with George Floyd's murder is that he was telling them, right? Like, I can't breathe. Like, yes. you know, please, like, help yes, me. He called yes. out for his mother. And those things are make it really hard for, I think, mothers to come into this space with oh, their yes. children mm-hmm. because we reflect on that moment mm-hmm. a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, and how we always want to be there for our children. And so I think giving space to ourselves, too, to prepare to come in this space by having a little bit of the conversation before we get here is helpful not just for the child, but also for us. I'm Diane Halsey, and you're listening to Early Risers, Waking Up to Racial Equity in Early Childhood. Today, I'm visiting George Floyd Square with early childhood educator and nature-based learning expert, Sheila Williams-Ridge. We're unpacking how parents and caregivers can prepare to visit a site like this with young children, including anticipating the kinds of questions children might ask. We started our conversation at a symbolic cemetery honoring Black lives lost to police violence. We continued to walk and talk as we made our way to George Floyd Square. That's the really hard part about talking to children about this because um, children, you know, often they want some. They want to 
solid answer. Right. And this is right. not something no. that you can really give no. a solid answer to. Why does it keep happening? Right. These are questions we yes. have. Right. Exactly. You know, and we can't answer. No, we definitely don't know And so it's really hard to yeah. try to answer that for a young right. child. Yeah, it but, is. Or to help them. I mean, I do a lot because I teach a lot about nature. Yes. Mm-hmm. We, we also don't know all the answers there. And so we talk a lot about just like the process of inquiry. Like, how can we ask good questions to children mm-hmm. to get them to process it? Mm. Because even if we gave them an answer, it wouldn't be the answer. Right. Right. Like, it would just be our answer. Right. And it's so important for us to help them figure out what is their answer, right? What What can we do about this is a really big question. But what can you do about it can be a really specific question. So, Sheila, we are now standing in front of the site where George Floyd was actually murdered. And there are signs all over that are reminding us of how much this is a sacred space. And we were just commenting on how we can actually feel it. You feel it when you walk into this space. Um, It's a visceral feeling about how sacred it is. And so if you were to bring a child here to talk about the fact that a black man was murdered by a police officer right here in this space, first of all, um, many people would ask, would you even bring a child to this space to, to talk about that? And if so, what would you say? Yeah, so it is. It's a hard space to come to. I think that I would definitely come without children first if you haven't been here before. I think that that would be important to be able to be present for a child when you brought them here. So to come here to process it, it will still feel heavy every time you come. Um, But that first time can be really impactful. And so I think come here, spend some time here, get to know kind of where things are and your bearings, um, and but also how you feel inside, yeah. um, what this brings up for you. And take time to process those feelings before, you know, you start to branch out. It's like the thing on the airplane. Put your mask on <laughs> right. before assisting others. And right, so right. that's the same thing here. You want to make sure that you're preparing yourself to come into the space. I think uh, the next thing that I would do is, you know, to talk to children before you come here about what to expect. And they're going to ask a lot of questions about, you know, the stuffed animals. Yeah. Um, you can say before you come, like sometimes people bring something special that they would like to leave there. You know, tell them mm-hmm. about what the space yeah. is. Tell them a little bit about mm-hmm. what happened, that someone, you know, someone died here. Um, someone killed them. And it was really, really bad. And there were people here that saw it and, that you know, that that worked with the person and they didn't help. And it was, you know, a police officer. And I think that that's a really important question to have before you get here, because depending on if your children can read or not, they're going mm-hmm. to see some things and they're going to yes. ask, like, what does that word say? I, um, that's really good. And I also want to point out that the conversation you have might be different if you are a uh, parent of color or um, parenting a child of color. Right. Um, than um, uh, a white parent or parenting a a white child. Uh, Because I imagine that part of the conversation of a child of color might be, will this happen to me? And I have heard anecdotally of young children after George Floyd's murder and some of the other murders, unfortunately, that have happened. They wonder, will this happen to me? Or 
will this happen to my father? Will this happen to my brother or cousin or someone in my family? Mm -hmm. And that is a really hard question to answer, but it's also a really important question to answer because it speaks to a child's safety. And Mm -hmm. that's a core need for children Mm -hmm. is to feel safe. Right. Um, And so what are some of the things a parent might say to that? Yeah, I think it does. It really depends on your history, like in your family, um, your history with, you know, with violence, your history with interactions with the police. Um, I know as a parent of four, you know, brown children that I've had to, you know, get everybody out of their car seats because a car that looked like mine, you know, was suspected in something. And so we all have to, you know, get out of the car so that they can search it. So so that's happened to me personally. Yeah. Um, and so I know, right, like when I answer that question, Question, I have to be truthful, yes, um, but also hopeful. Yeah, I totally agree. One of the reasons why, for me, this hits really personal is that my boys are teenagers, and like George Floyd, they are very tall, mm-hmm. they're very large, mm-hmm. and even as soon as they started driving, they have already right. had run-ins right. with the police. So this is something real, and I think also if you're parenting children of color, You have to prepare them for the reality of what might happen to them because it it also speaks to that safety part for them as well. Um, They need to be aware of their surroundings and know what to do. Right. And, you know, and there will be times in your life where you're so angry that that's the thing that might happen that in that moment you can't, right? Like you're like, but no, this is unjust. Like you shouldn't be stopping me because it is, it's true. And so talking to children really early about that is so hard and also important because it is unjust and yet it happens. Yeah. And and if you are a white parent or parenting white children, the conversation shifts a little bit. Um, And I think um, part of that, what you talked about earlier about preparation is real important. Um, to be prepared to have this conversation. And so what are some of the points that a white parent might want to hit on as they're talking about what happened? Yeah, so I think, um, you know, a lot of the white parents that I know that come here have had these conversations with their yeah. children. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, some before and, mm-hmm. you know, and obviously more after George Floyd was murder- murdered. But when they're talking with their children, um, the white families that I know have found it really important to have the conversations about, you know, how we have this, you know, the sign in our yard mm-hmm. that says like, you know, like, Black Lives Matter, and we talk about like how we love people that look all sorts of different ways, we're going to go to a place. And what happened there wasn't what we believe is true of the mm-hmm. world, but someone else, you know, hurt someone. Um, and, and this is what happened, right? And so you figure out a way that makes sense with the context of your child's background to say, you know, what happened here. So you might say, we haven't had any interactions with the police, but sometimes when police have interactions with people for, you know, reasons of of fear or even, you know, of just, you know, hate that they do things that they shouldn't do. It's not part of their job, but they did it anyway. Mm -hmm. Um, And they should go to jail, right? They should be held accountable for the things that they did that they should not have done because it wasn't their job to do. And so, right, so thinking about the way, knowing your child best, what you can say is really important. And one thing that we can now say, at least, is that the officer that did this Went to prison. Correct. And I think that's important to let children know that 
that, you know, right. he was held accountable for the act, for what he did. Right. You know, he did something that he was not supposed to do. Mm-hmm. He's in jail right now. He's yeah. going to be there for a very, very, very long, long time. time. Mm-hmm. People agreed, like our community agreed, people of the state of Minnesota agreed that this was wrong and he has to go to jail. Right. You know, when they get a little bit older, they'll realize that that doesn't that always doesn't happen. Always <laughs> and then that's a whole other conversation <laughs> yeah. that you have to have. Like, yeah. why doesn't that always happen? Well... Yeah. Like, that's a thing that we're really talking a lot about as a society. You know, what do you think would be fair? And, yeah. you know, what you think is fair, how do you tell other people why that's important? Um, and that's where you can begin those seeds of, like, you know, advocacy or, you know, um, social justice. our visit to George Floyd Square by reflecting on a beautiful mural about a block away. The mural says, you changed the world, George. And it's painted in shades of violet with sunflowers, clouds, and black power fists raised in the air. The mural was inspired by George Floyd's young daughter, who said that her daddy changed the world. So, Sheila, we are now here in front of the You Changed the World mural. And as we know, these are actually the words that George Floyd's daughter said after he was murdered. And she saw the ground swelling of support um, and mourning for her father. And so I imagine this would be a good place to come and bring children, Mm -hmm. if nothing else, but to give them hope. Right. Um, to know that the things that happen in this world, uh, we can change them. They can be changed and we can be ch- and they can be changed for the better. And I love the way that this is um, got these bright colors. It's mm-hmm. purple and yellow in here. Mm-hmm. Um, and it looks very there's a very kind of a youthful look to the <laughs> to the mural. So what might be some of the things you might say to children if you're bringing them by this mural? Yeah, I think it's it's a really beautiful you know, mural. And I think anytime that we can use the words of children for inspiration for ourselves, but also for each other, I think youth find a lot of inspiration in that. You know, like you said, the colors are ones that, you know, they give the feelings of like peace and hope. Um, and also, you know, Minnesota. Yes. And so, um, (laughs) that, you know, giving children an idea and a reflection of that something really awful happened. Um, but we can take, bad things that have happened, you know, in the past. We can take bad things that are happening now and we can make a change for the better. Um, And that I think that this is a really wonderful way to end your visit. If you were going to do all of these things to come here and talk about, you know, what are things that you think you could change about, you know, our house or about our school or about the way that you Mm -hmm. think about things like the change doesn't have to be external. Um, That change that has happened in the world is a lot of people looking internally and to tell children like that you're always capable of change. We're always capable of change. I love that. And even if you do something that is not great, we are all capable of change and you can do better the next time. So I think it's a wonderful place. I think it'd be really nice if like, you know, children had a picture of this at their school and can say, we're not going to forget that these bad things happened, um, but we're going to try and do better. We're going to try and learn from them. We're going to try and inspire each other. Yes. Oh, I love it. You can change the world. And I believe that young children can change the world. Mm -hmm. And that's why I think it's so important that we talk to them about these issues, because they can. Um, And so thank you so much for joining me today on this journey through George Floyd Square and honoring this space and um, helping all of us talk about and learn about how we can 
walk and usher young children through this space and through talking about these tough issues. So thank you, Sheila. Thank you so much for having me. Sheila Williams-Ridge is co-director of the Child Development Laboratory School at the University of Minnesota. She's also co-author of Nature-Based Learning for Young Children, anytime, anywhere, on any budget. A few weeks after my visit to George Floyd Square, I hosted a virtual event where I interviewed Melanie Adams. She's the director of the Smithsonian Institution's Anacostia Community Museum in Washington, D.C., and she spent many years leading education programming at the Minnesota Historical Society, including overseeing the state's 26 historic sites. I asked Melanie Adams about the significance of historic sites like George Floyd Square and what children can learn from visiting these spaces. When I look at what was created there, they also show signs of resilience and it shows community. So this person was loved enough that people came and surrounded him even in his death and created a sense of community in that space. And I think what kids are able to take from that, you know, there are adults who will look out for you. But I think those spaces really allow for that community to gather. And I think one of the things that historic sites can do, whether it is something more recent like George Floyd or even with Michael Brown and Ferguson or even something like in your own backyard, historic Fort Snelling at Bedote, you are able to see a pattern and a legacy of how people of color have been treated. So that's what I always feel is really important is this isn't a one-off event. And I think being able to talk about how people of color have been treated in this community will allow children to see some type of connections. And I think that's really important. So what we do at our historic sites is we really talk about that. So the place-based education, I think, is just so important for providing legacy. Um, But as I mentioned early on, it's really just centering people in a space where the things actually happen. Produce a short video of my visit to George Floyd Square, where you can see the artwork and creative placemaking we talked about in this episode. Look for those videos on our episode page and on social media. We're at npr.org backslash early risers. There you can listen to all of our past episodes and subscribe to this podcast. Follow us at Podcast Early on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And for more tips and resources on how to talk with young children about race and racism, visit littlemomentscount.org. Early Risers is hosted by me, Diane Halsey. Our executive producer is Andrea Bork. Our senior producer is Nancy Rosenbaum. Katie DeSell is our social media manager. Sound mixing by Rachel Breeze. Kaviesh Kavaraj composed our theme song, I Still Remember. Thanks to Ryan Dawes and KFAI for archival audio featured in this episode. 
As always, a special thanks to the whole team at Little Moments Count and Minnesota Public Radio. Thanks for listening.